0: Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake up tradition.
1: It's Rosie on the
0: House. That'll get you going right there, partner. Good morning, Arizona. Got no tropical storm landing anywhere near Arizona. It's going to be a beautiful day. I got all my relatives climbing up in their attics
1: right now with bologna sandwiches and chocolate milk. (laughs) No, but if you're one of the old ancestors of Arizona, there was a time you could catch shrimp and oysters right here in our own backyard that'd be an old ancestor a really old ancestor and in fact today you can still find some of those outside of payson it's called the paleo site it's just before you get to cole's ranch turn off you can park and there's you're encouraged to go scavenge and find uh, all the fossils that are left from uh, when the ocean was up on top of the rim before the rim formed that's uh, just one of the neat features about payson which is our featured town of this month because that is a staycation destination pretty pacing it is pretty it is pretty it is pretty pretty. mile high just just over a mile but i tell you what it i it's nice but man there's a big difference from there to up on top of the room just 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 that little bit get you up to that seven thousand foot and it's a whole different world but finish the jump Beautiful destination. Our winners will be staying at Coles uh, Ranch. You can register to win your Arizona staycation at slash travel AZ or just click on the staycation link. We send you in a Sanderson Ford vehicle of your choice for the weekend. You have a gift travel gift basket and a $250 Visa gift card. Just one of the things we do to help promote and be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Boy, we've got a packed show for y'all this morning. Glad you're tuning in. Uh, Payson will be a
0: Featured throughout the show as our city to be featured here as a part of the Arizona Staycation. You can only register for that at com. And here in the Arizona Hour, we've got a special guest from Arizona Game and Fish, Miss Amy Burnett. Amy, thanks for coming in.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, your title's awfully long, but basically you coordinate, you're, you're very active in urban wildlife, Correct. So, javelina in the garden. Yep. Absolutely. Amy gets the call. I get the call. Okay. Snake in the garage.
2: Yeah, a lot. People have me on speed
0: dial for different things. Yeah. We have a couple
2: of different people in the office. It's not just me that work with urban wildlife, but we see it more and more often
0: for sure. Oh, for sure. And I wanted to bring y'all in because uh, I'm a subscriber to y'all's magazine, Arizona oh, yes. Wildlife News. Right. And over the last couple months, y'all have featured so many events. It seems like y'all's outreach to the families and the watchable wildlife has really expanded like just maybe in the last six months. Am I imagining
1: that?
2: No, you're absolutely right. We have a new watchable wildlife program and it's just taken off. You know, people want to know, you know, where do I go to see wildlife? And we have the knowledge. So we're we're running a lot of events, and bring the family. It's just, we've set them all up for you. All you have to do is, is sign up.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the things y'all have got coming up. Talk about talk about the adventure that you host. Sure.
2: Well, you have one com- right coming up on July 21st. We actually have a bighorn sheep w- workshop happening, or a, a cruise. It's a three-hour cruise on the, on the Dolly Steamboat on Canyon Lake, and that one is just a great time because you're going to see some sheep. You're going to be able to stay air-conditioned and have some snacks. Now...
1: How can you guarantee you see some sheep? Do y'all have like a little pen? Yeah, you know. Or do you have like a little <laughs> corn feeder that kicks on about an hour See, now before? that you've said that,
2: you're going to jinx us. We've <laughs> yeah, never right. not seen a sheep. But,
1: okay, good. <laughs>
2: so uh, <laughs> but now you're going to jinx us. You know, we can't guarantee, obviously. But we've never had a... Uh, a cruise where people have gone away unhappy because we always see we always see a bunch of wildlife so even if we only see a few sheep we're going to see bald eagles we're going to see peregrine falcons possibly you know herons it's just a gorgeous day out there on the water you know you can get on the water a number of ways in Arizona as you all know Oh yeah you can kayak you can take your own personal boat you can go on this uh, on this cruise so this is just one way that someone who doesn't have that per- those personal watercraft they can get out there and enjoy and have experts to show them what they're looking at too and canyon
1: so, lakes beautiful if you didn't yeah. see a single animal the whole time oh sure but you're i you, mean you, and you've can, never been out there you're going to be but
2: amazed. what the reason that we do it this time of year is because all the animals are they don't have as it's right before the monsoon so the animals don't have as much water so they're going down to the to the water to drink so you're you see more animals this time of year on Canyon Lake, so it's a good time to be there.
0: It's a family event. Yes. Like you say, there's a big steamboat, a paddle wheel boat out there. We've been on it for the Dr. Sky dinner excursions. Oh, good. Yeah. But y'all charter the boat, fill it up with family and friends, mm-hmm. put some game and fish experts on board with some good binoculars, yeah. and it's a three-hour cruise the lake. Yeah. It's a. It's a absolutely Awesome family event.
2: You know, and it's 35 bucks too. I mean, okay. you can't beat that. What a deal. Three hours. What kind of entertainment can you get for that, right?
0: How would how would a listener right now register for that?
2: Uh, if, you, if you're if you listening, you have a pen nearby, you can either go Google the uh, Dolly Steamboat and just register online or 480-827-9144, 480 827 9144 you can just call them and then reserve tickets. We've got uh, a bunch of seats left on the on board for this this cruise. And
0: it's this it's this next Sunday?
2: It's the 21st.
0: The yeah, 21st. The 21st of July. Okay. So seats available?
2: Seats available. We've got f- 50 people so far signed up, so there's plenty of room.
0: Oh, that's that's it's a big awesome. Boat. So that's just one of the things y'all are going to do and bighorn sheep are just one of the species you may see. Yes, but you'll be You'll be there with experts that can talk to you about the flora and the fauna and the wildlife, uh, everything that you, you're seeing. What time of day is? Is it a crack of dawn type you know, adventure? Or? So
2: you know it depends on who's leading it. I'm leading it. I'm not a morning person, so you okay. know got my coffee right here. Okay. So it starts at eight, but uh, it's, so it's not too too early, but it's not too late as well. Before the heat of the day gets real cu- cooking.
0: Okay, and is. Is the 21st the only day you'll be doing it? It's the only day that we're doing this particular cruise Okay.
2: this year. So we do usually do it once a year, and it usually fills up. So make sure to get, get online and register. You can bring a whole family. It's a reduced price for kids, too.
0: Fantastic. Well, it was a couple of years ago. Um, y'all were doing uh, uh, the Black-Footed Ferret Translocation up around Williams, and we mentioned that on air. And, like— Two vans of grandparents and grandkids went up there and participated, in and we've got uh, long letters from people just saying, God, how much fun that was.
2: Uh, you know, we love to show people, you know, we have the expertise as far as where to find the wildlife. Then when we see it, we can talk about it. And so this is what the Watchable Wildlife Program is all about. So we have some bat netting workshops coming up. You'll get to talk to see bats up close, we actually net them. And tell,
0: tell, tell me what that is.
2: It's it's really amazing. Yeah. yeah. How often do you know, you see you're out walking, you're out hiking, you see some bats flying around. And usually that's as close as people get to them on an, you know, on an average day. And we actually bring people into the field at certain places and we set out nets and we mist net bats as special bat nets. And then we catch bats and then we take them out of the nets really carefully and we look at and them and civilians are there in
0: the field with you
2: yes so i've got some great pictures that you know people are just looking you you can't touch the bats of course you know risk of rabies but you know we hold them we've got our rabies titers so we have our gloves on and so, but you can get you know real close and get some great pictures of the bats some of these bats have like crazy looking ears big funny noses and you just bats are just crazy looking creatures some of them are horribly ugly um don't tell randy bab i said that Um, but they're (laughs) all just fascinating and um and beautiful in their own way
0: well the amazing thing about bats uh if i recall reading in y'all's magazine it it consumes Five times its weight in mosquitoes every day.
2: Yes, if you just—I mean, <laughs> just—it's amazing the amount of mosquitoes that one bat can eat in one night. You know, so if you if you love bats, you know, you're doing yourself a favor oh, in them too.
1: That's one thing I have yet to build for our house, and I—I've I've got all the dimensions and how to build a bat box because I'd like to put one on the back corner for that reason. Well, uh, I'm glad that you have me here. I'm gonna tell you to save I'm... your,
2: save your uh, materials for when you have that house up in Payson or your summer home or your vacation up there. <laughs> because the bat houses in Arizona, down in the valley, they just cook and bats don't like to use them in the valley. So they're up in the high country. So if you put a bat house up in Payson, great. Lot, you'll see a lot of use, but we really don't see bat house use a lot in the pace in the Phoenix Valley area.
0: Good to know good to know and you were you were mentioning another
1: mosquito control oh game and fish the the gila minnow yeah <laughs> that, that was pretty interesting that's I've, down in pima county they're well doing actually i saw it in two different areas uh both of them were game and fish press releases uh i did not keep the first one but this one is the mission gardens in tucson they're releasing endangered gila top minnow uh fish into uh to help control the mosquito their, population. Their favorite
0: meal is the mosquito larvae on in the water. So, and they
1: don't get West Nile, huh?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Oh, man. Okay. So the batting thing, the bat netting event is is perplexing to me. So you, you all rendezvous at, at some major cross street, and then the civilians load into game and fish vehicles. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Sure. And y'all go to wherever you have identified the cave with the highest probability of bat population is. You've already pre-stretched out the nets.
2: So in this part of Arizona, it's not necessarily just caves that, that these bats are roosting in. Some are just in cracks in buildings and rocks and some are even cracks in the ground, roosting in trees. So these bats aren't your typical cave bats necessarily. So what we do is we all convene at certain places. Like we have one at Needle Rock, we have one at Boyce Thompson Arboretum, we have one at Southwest Wildlife. And so we string these bats over areas of water, areas where there are likely to be bats. So everyone meets at that one location, and then we just set up the nets, and we talk about the bats, we do a presentation, uh... Jeff does a presentation for about an hour, and while he's talking, the bats have a chance to get caught in the nets, and we have some biologists that are actually going and checking the nets, and then taking the bats carefully out of the nets, putting them in these small little bags very gently, then they bring them back to where everyone's gathered, and then they're like, all right, we've got a you know, here we've got a California leaf nose bat and we've got a cave myotis and we're looking at all these different kinds of bats and gently stretching out their wings and measuring them and saying oh this is a girl it's a boy you know and just the fascinating things you learn about bats that you'd never know and and they're crazy neat animals that we don't really talk about or see very often and it's in a safe environment with people who know about bats.
0: And so you sign up for this event you're meeting I mean this is a night adventure. Absolutely yeah
2: yep so it's a few hour you know it's a few hour process, and uh, as far as it's it's an all night adventure. Uh-huh. But everyone just goes away with these big smiles and lots awesome. of neat pictures on their phone.
0: Awesome. We're here with Amy Burnett from Arizona Game and Fish at Rosie on the House. The Rosie on the House
1: Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Batman. Batman.
0: Batman. We're talking about bats. We're talking about bighorn sheep. We're talking about all of that. As opportunities for you, the Arizona homeowners, with your family and friends to get out and enjoy the Arizona wildlife. We've brought in uh, Miss Amy Burnett from Arizona Game and Fish, talking about the Bighorn Sheep viewing opportunity at Canyon Lake coming up July 21st. Bat netting opportunities July 20th, July 26th, August 9th. August 24th, with lecture series about bats at various dates, August 21st and July 25th. So, Amy, y'all just got it all going on. We
2: have so many things happening, you know, for everyone that's interested in animals of all different kinds. So those are just, bats are just one of the lecture series and, and events that we have. We also have... Uh, different subjects about javelinas and coyotes and things like that at the Desert Botanical Garden or at Boyce Thompson. So the best way to find out when and where these events are is to go to belong to our Facebook page, and then we'll have we'll list them as events, and then you can just join as you see them come up on your Facebook.
0: You know, having lived here for almost sixty years now, um, I do a fair amount of traveling, and people are always surprised at how much wildlife and game Arizona has. How many different species is Arizona Game and Fish responsible for managing?
2: Over 800
0: species. Thank you for that little segue. That's great. I mean, that's just...
2: Isn't it amazing? That's
0: incredible. And uh, we were talking about frogs on the phone yesterday. Frogs are a weird thing.
2: Yes. So frogs and toads, and people don't think of Arizona as having frogs and toads, but we have just a a numerous amount. We have... A variety of different species of toads and frogs here in Arizona. And we have several species of toads that you can see in your backyard. Some people have heard or maybe you haven't heard of the poisonous Sonoran Desert Toad, but that's just one of the different types of toads that we have in the backyard. And during the monsoon, they all come out. They're underground a lot of most of the year. They pop up when they start hearing those rumblings and feeling the rumblings of the thunderstorms. Some of them are already up. But when how you long see that can rain, they,
0: How long can they live Dormant in the dirt
2: They're pretty much under there from like October to now And some of them have already popped up And we've started seeing them have you? In, uh, So I live in in uh, Fountain Hills okay. So we're right on the fridge, we have a lot of these toads Popping out, so yeah. people really have to keep an eye out for their, On their dogs uh, for sure, but they're underground most of, that of the year, and so when you see those big palaverde beetles coming out, you know this is the kind of time of year you see all these big beetles. You see, you hear the cicadas, you see the toads. Things are starting to move and shake in in, in the valley, for sure. You, and it's a change in the wildlife that you see.
0: I never knew frogs absorbed oxygen through their, through skin. their skin while they're underwater.
2: It's they're they're fascinating, and sometimes you want to. We actually use gloves a lot of times when we're handling these because they can absorb all the chemicals that are on our hands, maybe creams, things like that.
0: Okay. Be careful. And and they've got this toxin-emitting gland?
2: So the Sonoran Desert Toad is the only toad that we have that's native to Arizona that has this toxic gland right behind their eyes and on their legs that can actually be dangerous to your for to dogs uh, and to anyone that decides to put it in their mouth or lick a toad things like that so you want to be real careful if your dog gets a hold of a toad it's going to it it could be really it could be fatal for your dog what you want to do if that happens and so some of you are going oh I don't have to worry about that but You'll need it you might need this information later if your a neighbor or friend or your dog gets a hold of a toad you want to take a garden hose you want to take from the corner of their mouth down head, point their head downward so that the toxin doesn't go further into their they don't swallow it and flush out their mouth with a garden hose as long as you can and call your vet uh, because your dog can have seizures their heart rate starts going up their temperature goes up um, foaming at the mouth it's a pretty scary thing and so and whether your dog's big or small it can affect uh, people's pets
0: and I guess that that's just the frog's way of teaching other animals, don't eat me.
2: It's it's <laughs> it's a good defense mechanism for them and then the animals learn that. You know, I don't want to eat this I don't want to eat this toad. It probably works for other toads too, not yeah. just the poisonous yeah, ones. Yeah, right, right.
0: I ate one that looked like that before. I don't know where I'm gonna find some I'm gonna go eat a again. scorpion or something good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> My goodness. Well, Amy, what else have y'all got coming up? I'm familiar we spent quite a bit of time in the White Mountains and the SIPE uh, Wildlife Refuge, which was an old ranch near Eager Springerville, they've got elk viewing seminars up there. they I think they have the Hummingbird Festival up there.
2: Yes, this is a great time of year to start thinking about planning that trip up to, that, oh. to the north country. And so you've got the, the High Country Hummingbird Festival on July 27th. That's at SIPE from 8 to noon. And then you've got your elk workshop up there in that same area in Sip, at SIPE. And that's not until October 5th. Uh, there are lots of things to do up there. It's a beautiful country and of course we all want to know how to get out of the cool into the cool temperatures and that's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, we, uh, I think my wife is going to post the picture of Bandit. it's up is it It's okay. up. We were hiking in cool the place. area two weeks ago and I'm looking all the way across this pasture, my dog, uh, a German Ooh. short hair pointer, and he's on point. And I'm thinking, I got to get over there. He's about ready to get skunked. But fortunately, it was a newborn baby calf, elk, laying in the grass. And old bandit just stayed on point the, 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 whole, the whole time it took me to cross the meadow. And Jennifer got some real great pictures.
1: Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Board. Time for our true or false trivia. This is for our weekly Arizona State Park pass giveaway, good for any of Arizona's 35 state parks including Fool Hollow Lake. It's a bit past Payson, but if you're looking for a nice lake uh, to spend a little time fishing and camping and not have to worry about being very remote, Fool Hollow is a great one. It's right in the town of Sholo, and so you've got all the amenities of a town and you've got the lake right there. So true or false, during the early years of Payson Rodeo, the world's oldest continuous rodeo, you know, the rodeo events today aren't what they were over 100 years ago. They've, they've, was, they've tended to more politically correct. <laughs> was there an event called chicken pulling? True or false? Text the answer to four one one nine two three, and we'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment. Was there an, a rodeo event called chicken pulling? Another interesting thing about uh, the area around Payson, Strawberry, Strawberry Pine, great little community just a few miles uh, up the road from Payson. There was a, you you were talking during the break about it being a four-hour dirt road to Payson. You know, what what do you think it was like getting to Strawberry in the 1800s? How about that? When they built the schoolhouse, uh, the teacher hoarded just about everything she could find just to have ample supplies and chalk started disappearing one day and then all of a sudden her gold watch went missing so all the kids were interrogated and no one confessed this is 1880s 86 okay 1886 so and there's a thief in the house a thief in the house that wasn't found till 80 years later when they were renovating the schoolhouse to save it a pack rat's nest was de- discovered in the attic with chalk and a gold watch, and a gold watch. <laughs> The little schoolhouse
0: at strawberry oldest schoolhouse in Arizona. So it's a it's bu- a beautiful little drive. We, we took the grandchildren up to Tonto Natural Bridge uh, just last weekend or on Monday and uh, the part of the viewing structure has been closed off. So now the only way to get down to see the bridge you actually you actually do some r- rock scrambling uh, to get you down into the... Uh, Pine Creek uh, Valley, but once you're down there, you've got several uh, hundred, 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 hundred fifty yards of just boulder scrambling to get over to where you can see the the natural bridge. Yeah,
1: you know, I don't think I've ever been there. Well, I did you, see another one though. This you week. have. I've got pictures. Angel. Of oh, okay, a long time ago. <laughs> we saw Angel Window this week though on the North Rim. Oh yeah, we didn't have to scramble though. Yeah, you got to drive. And then it's about a quarter-mile walk, but no yeah. rock scrambling. And y'all were up camping in the North
0: Rim, and we're here talking with Amy Burnett from Arizona Game and Fish about watchable wildlife. Your kids got to see the bison herd for the first it's time. Saw
1: buffalo. Uh-huh. How about that? That's amazing. Well, And a lot of deer. Yeah? A lot of deer. You drive the meadow at night, and I mean, every 100, 200 yards, there was another little cluster of deer. Well,
0: I don't want to let out very many secrets, but I can tell you <laughs> what. The elk are back at Apache Sitgreaves. The wall of fire kind of pushed them into New Mexico. But the last weekend we were there, there was elk everywhere.
2: Nice. Well, don't worry. They will be back because elk love nothing better than brand new grass. And guess what oh, we're going to get once, we, once the monsoon hits and we start getting we start getting grass again, those elk will all come back into those old old stomping grounds. So don't you worry.
0: Now, we're talking about watchable wildlife. And the picture that we've posted on Facebook about a newborn elk, Jennifer and I came upon mm-hmm. just last week in a hike. Uh, talk a little bit about encountering wildlife.
2: I'm so glad you asked because, you know, you see an elk all by itself and you think, I need to rescue this. You know, where's mom? You don't see mom anywhere around. Well, trust me, mom is there watching somewhere in the distance. And she's just waiting for you to leave yeah. so she can come back. And she she might leave that baby there all day, you know, hiding. And that's what they do. So if you see wildlife, please, please leave it alone. If you have any questions at all, feel free to call Game and Fish. Feel free to call a wildlife rehab center and just say, you know what? This doesn't seem quite right. And we can talk you through it because a lot of times people will – pick up an animal and you know it's just really not great for the it's not right for the animal it's not good for you you know we had we had one person who who was uh, a good samaritan who picked up a a skunk a baby skunk that they found abandoned and they brought it to rehab center well three days later that that skunk ended up having rabies so, baby skunk that didn't exhibit any weird symptom at all, and the person who picked it, the person who um, who handled it, had to, had to go undergo rabies shots. Uh, you know, so you know when you see wildlife, you know, leave it alone. The mom's coming back. You know, or if you think that it's a, it's been abandoned, you know, give a call and, and talk to someone who knows and, and can walk you through whether or not it really needs to be saved. Or, and in most cases, you're going to just say, you know what, leave it there. It's the best for the animal.
0: As we were walking through this. Huge little synagogue open grassland park area, just hundreds and hundreds of acres, treeless, just kind of out there in the eager Springerville Sunrise ski area area. Um, we, the dog went on point. We went over. We realized it was a baby elk, and we just started looking around, like, well, where? Where's mom? Know, right. Where, where's mom? And just over the horizon, you could see about forty elk. Oh, heads great. and 80 elk ears and they were all just just out of the line of sight looking down on us it really was i wish we would have had a good enough camera we could have got a picture of that because it was pretty funny but as jennifer and I vacated the area the, that whole herd of 50 elk just came in on that little calf and picked them up and i mean that calf never moved
2: no i mean that that's what mom's like you don't move and then they just stay there. It's amazing. That's they know to just stay, and mom will come back and pick them up later. It's the best pr- uh, protection from predators. And if you hang out and watch it and looking at them and taking pictures and drawing attention, you might actually attract a predator to that area who's been watching you. So, mm-hmm. it's just always a good idea stay, stay your distance from wild animals. Take pictures from far away and leave them there.
0: Enjoy. Absolutely.
1: Speaking so, of predators watching, that reminded me of Marvin, who was watching a bear. So that bear stalking something and realized it was stalking him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to get out of here. Yeah.
2: You know, speaking, we're talking about Payson today. And, uh, you know, people of Payson know that we they have, there are a lot of bears in Payson, a healthy population of bears. And those who live there permanently know you don't feed the bears. But people coming into the area, maybe you want to rent a cabin for the weekend. Do not leave your garbage outside in Payson until you absolutely have to put it out until that morning because bears are, they're smart, smart animals. And they learn that garbage is, you know, is a great way to get high calorie food really easily and those bears get into trouble and you know we always say a fed bear is a dead bear yeah. and it's true these these bears get into the bad habits they get into trouble they need to be removed and uh, it doesn't go well for the bears or for people and of course you don't want to pick up that garbage right but mm-hmm. it's even worse for the bears so if you're up in that country you know pass it on please don't feed the bears on purpose or by accident just keep your garbage uh, secured and please don't put out uh, bird feeders for the bears
0: and how each. about how about the bears in East Mesa? Oh
2: yes, yeah. so every once in a while we'll get a bear. Yeah, that, yeah. we had hey, that Christmas in, bear. Coming off that?
0: of uh, the, the Four Peaks coming area. Down and, from the Four oh peaks. man,
2: it's amazing. You know, in this time of year, bears are coming out because they're learned. They're looking for new territories. So mom's kicked them out. It's about time for her to go and make some new cubs. And so the young bears get kicked out. They have to find their own way in the world, and sometimes they're looking for new places. They come down in the valley, and then like, whoops, I need to get back up there. And so <laughs> most of them just wander back up by themselves, but every once in a while, they will come into urban areas and just give us a call if you do have a bear
0: sighting. This might be a little bit out of your expertise at Game & Fish, but I've because I'm so active with German short hair Pointers— Sure out in the wild and we spent a lot of time over by hannigan meadow alpine uh, unit one unit 27 apache sick i've tracked the success of the wolf program oh yes <laughs> now they tell me somebody wants to bring back the grizzly
2: that's not going to happen in, any time, yeah, in our lifetime it's okay. you know, something you know people always like to talk about that but yeah that we're not going to bring the grizzly bear back anytime soon we just don't have the space for them they just need such a huge territory uh, but we have brought back the uh, the bighorn sheep into areas that they yes. were previously historically and that's and that's going really well in that bighorn and the black-footed ferret as well so and, and our elk and our elk uh, our elk are our originally bald-edans. from uh,
0: yellowstone Yes,
2: right? and we've we've been so so successful with the elk that we've actually shipped some to West Virginia. Now, y'all there, did do that. We did. So there you go. I mean, that's that's really testament to what Game and Fish has been doing managing wildlife. We don't receive any um, any tax dollars. A lot of people don't know that. We get most of our funds from. Are you're buying your hunting or fishing license. So I know people who don't even hunt, and they buy their license to support game and fish.
1: You know, we're talking about Payson. On 260, there's that electronic elk crossing. Yes. Uh, does that work? Because every time I fast-by it, it, there's no elk. No, no Isn't that doing.
2: amazing that yeah. the elk say, okay, I see the light. Now it's time to cross. They would no, i just see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the crosswalk the elk crosswalk
2: I got to be a part of a, a teacher workshop uh, that uh, Eric Proctor put on about the elk and uh, we stood there and we all stood on the little area where it, the sensor and made the signs go off and you should have seen people slow down and look yeah. and then they saw like 20 people stand on the side and they were like god oh, really <laughs> <They> were so <laughs> disappointed they're like oh i see there's it's flashing the elk are there and it was just a bunch of teachers and and educators and and game and fish staff it's, standing there watching and, and learning how the whole situation but that
0: is that is a major elk traffic lane and in fact the man that Romi mentioned earlier marvin marvin totaled a ford ranger oh. striking an
1: elk at night right there before the crosswalk was installed. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we were behind another vehicle that hit uh, an elk. And I mean, it a big the impact. Truck and, you know, unfortunately, it, uh, the, it didn't go yeah. well for the elk. I was going to say, well, I bet the elk was, he yeah. might
2: have been okay. You never know. No, <laughs> oh, it, it
1: took cat. off both its back legs. And oh, it was, yeah. and, you know, it was funny stupid. because the person driving had every opportunity to stop because it was a whole trail of them going. I was oh. like, did you not see the eight that went in front of it? <laughs> right. And oh. most people
2: think, well, you know, there's, there are elk everywhere. They could be anywhere. But we do have fencing that actually funnels them to certain areas. So they're more likely to cross at certain areas that are safer. So when you do see those elk crossing signs, we're not, we're not kidding about that. We're serious. Yeah. Like these are places where, they, where there's a break in the fence. Literally, they were, they're going to cross there if they're going to cross.
0: Yeah. So. heavy Elk are very habitual and they'll establish a very well-traveled lane to and from their bedding and feeding areas. And if you can identify those heavily-traveled lanes, that's where you isolate them and channel them just a little bit for their safety and the safety of the uh, motorists,
2: absolutely. And we have some underpasses as well that we've cre- that we've actually created in in conjunction with ADOT, so where they can go underneath the highway so that they can cross safely. And there's some really cool pictures of them and video of them crossing at night underneath the underpasses. And
0: then on the way to Vegas, y'all. Have- Built overpasses. overpasses on the <laughs> way to the, vegas for, for the sheep the, yes for the game and yeah so
2: it's so cool yeah so there's things that we can do to help wildlife for sure and so we work in partnership with you know taunta national forest and adot and all these different partners that we have to conserve wildlife and, uh, and it is working
0: Ari- arizona game and fish managing over 800 species mm-hmm. right here in the state of arizona Absolutely. That's unbelievable. That's awesome.
1: And we should invite listeners to share their most unusual wildlife sighting story. Mine, I'm walking along Middle Mountain, and I hear a sound I've never heard before. I'm like, i got to go check this out. So I gradually start moving towards it, and I I realize it's above me, so I'm I'm looking in the trees, I'm looking in the trees. What would you ever expect to find porcupines in trees over your head? (laughs) Two porcupines in aspen tree just i I had never seen porcupine in arizona before and i never and everyone talks about there was an old hunter he's like my biggest fear Walking around at night is stepping on a porcupine, Ugh. and you know you always see a porcupine on the ground. They were in the tree. Oh, That's nice. a lucky if,
2: sighting. Most people don't get to see a porcupine. We have we had one that actually found its way. It got swept away in a flash flood down into a canal and ended up in in the middle of Phoenix. And we had to actually, and I actually got to bring it back to a safer area. that uh, was a really cute little thing. It was a baby one. So it was just, and people were like, it's way out of the way, you know, it's not supposed to be here. We do have them here in the valley.
1: So if you've got an interesting wildlife uh, sighting, share it with us at four one one nine two three or send it in at info at com. The answer to today's trivia question is true. There used to be an event called chicken pulling at the Payson Rodeo. The poor chicken was buried up to its neck and the rider on horseback would travel by as fast as it could while grabbing the chicken... Out of the dirt. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. You'd mentioned Tonto Natural Bridge earlier, located in Pine Canyon, a tributary of the East Verde River. It's the world's largest known travertine natural bridge. Most other natural bridges are sandstone or limestone. The formation itself is 339 feet long, 150 feet wide, 183 feet high, and weighs about 15 million tons. In comparison, the Golden Gate, less than 900,000 tons. (laughs) 15 (laughs) times heavier than the Golden Gate Natural Bridge. Or not Natural Bridge, the Golden Gate... uh, bridge (laughs) Tonto
0: natural bridge is one of our favorite state parks we we take the grandkids there pretty regularly and now they've got the lodge opened again so now you can rent the lodge for weekends Uh, so we're kind of excited to do that but when we were asking about it last monday they said well plan ahead because we're booked out through october (laughs)
2: I was just going to say, that sounds like a great place. I'm not going to go for the day. I'm going to stay overnight and just just relax in the coolness and not have to
0: deal with this heat for a little bit. Amy Burnett from Arizona Game and Fish. We've been talking about bat netting opportunities. That's July 20th. That's July 26th. That's August 9th. It's August 24th. We've talked about the Bighorn Sheep viewing opportunity on the Dolly Steamboat at Canyon Lake. That's coming up July 21st. We've talked about your lecture series. July 25th will be Pack Rats. The, you've got one on bears coming up, I saw here. Yeah, the, well, in November, you've got one coming up on bears. We've got National Bison Day. We've got the, what all these things to get your kids out and engaged and actually interact with wildlife how would a listener follow up on getting more information on any of these activities
2: it depends on what you like i'm a facebook user so i go on facebook and then i follow arizona game and fish department's facebook page and all the events pop up in a timely manner and i'm like oh i want to go to that so i click interested and there's a link to all the places or the the tickets and right there. Uh, but you can also go on our Arizona Game and Fish webpage and then put in the keyword Watchable Wildlife and you'll see all the events listed there a calendar events. It's really easy to get to.
0: Well, I travel the West a lot where I encounter game and fish departments, California, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Nevada. There isn't a finer game and fish department in America that I know of than what we've got right here in Arizona.
2: Thank you. We're very proud of it. We we are a leader nationwide as far as wildlife management. People look to us to see what we're doing, and uh, we're a leader for sure.
0: Well, y'all are busy. Like we say, you're managing 800 different species just
1: within the state of Arizona.
2: Yes, it's amazing. All right. And a lot of those
1: can be seen around the Payson area. Oh, absolutely! You're, you're right in that elevation, right oh, at absolutely. five thousand feet. You can go down just a little bit and get in the desert. You can go up a little bit higher and get in the tall ponderosa. You could sit on one hillside and see a javelina, a bear, and a an elk. <laughs> and and
0: not, no, you no, know, how many deer? Oh!
2: And don't forget all the fish, and you can go fish in the in the streams there, and you've got Green Valley Lake right there in the middle of Payson where yeah. we the, that's one of our community fishing lakes that we stock. All summer with trout.
0: Now,
1: that's another great
0: question. The fish hatchery is another great place to go visit. You beat me to it. (laughs) The fish hatchery is great.
1: Uh How does somebody follow the stocking reports? Because I always hear fishers talk about that and planning their trip around where Game and Fish is stocking. And everyone's got their own... uh, tactic on well it takes two days for the fish to adapt no it takes five no you can catch them right away
2: (laughs) i've been asking the the fisheries guys that and 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 they give me different answers all the time it just it depends on so many so many things because i manage the the pace and wildlife fair that happens every year in may uh and and we stock that lake with double the amount of trout for that event and so every year i'm like okay do we stock it on Wednesday? Do we stock it on Friday? And, and you know, I stock it on different days every year. It, it, you, never, you can never tell when the fish are going to bite. And all of have people say, oh, yeah, I go in there the day before the fair. and get all <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we stock that day, you know, right before it, and it takes them a couple of days to acclimate. Sometimes they start biting right away. Yeah, there's no real rhyme or reason that I can find out. But if I do, I'll, I'll let you guys know. You can put it on the air.
1: Well, thank you, and thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. You can sign up for your Arizona staycation, driven by Sanderson Ford at rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz. You just enter your information, and we draw on the 15th of every month. What is today? 13th. Oh, so we've got two days before we'll be drawing for our staycation. That will be in August, and that's to Cottonwood, Arizona.